journey into the Bible and explore its hidden text and rich wisdom. Join Adol Kazilski Mondays at 1 p.m. for the trip of a lifetime. Shavuot Tov and welcome to another episode of Journeys Through the Bible. This is Robertson Adel Kozulski and I'm so pleased that I have the opportunity to be with you for the next hour or so where we are journeying, exactly that, journeying through the Bible. We are talking about our forefather Abraham as we have for a long while and which I believe we will be doing for a much longer while. Um, we have been really in a place... Um, of the, we, we, we found ourselves in the, in, in the section of Akedas Yitzhak, the sacrifice of Yitzhak. And, um, as I mentioned two weeks ago, this is already going to be our third podcast on this topic itself because it's such a big, big topic. Um, we need to, to really, really explore it because I think it's very, very fundamental on many, many levels. And today is going to be no different. I'm still not going to go into the actual nitty gritties. Last week we stopped at the fact that Abraham got up early in the morning. He saddled his donkey. He took two men with him, which we know to be, uh, his faithful servant Eliezer and, um, the, his, his other son Yishmael. And off they went together with Yitzchak and they've just arrived at the mountain where Abraham will take leave of the two others and just ascend to Mount Moriah with Yitzchak. I want to backtrack a little bit and I'm going to probably spend uh, the entire time now, believe it or not, talking about a donkey because this donkey that Abraham saddled is a very, very interesting one. And uh, last week, we spoke about the fact that he saddled the donkey himself because he was very intent on doing everything that God commanded with with utmost pre- precision, with utmost responsibility, with, an, with utmost dedication. And he didn't want to give that to somebody else to do, but he wanted to settle it himself. But as we know, when we are learning Torah, Torah isn't just a story. It's not just a storyline. Um, it has tremendous, tremendous depth. It has a lot of depth on many, many, many levels. And today I want to zoom in and talk about his donkey, like who actually really cares or should care or want to care about the fact that he saddled a donkey? Um, if the Torah is very precise, as we know it is, and it will only give us information that is necessary really to the storyline, we don't need to have a poetic, uh, a, a, a poetic line of trying to describe, you know, and the trees were swaying and the sun was up and his donkey was grazing. We don't need that type of thing. We don't get that type of thing ever in Torah. If we are told something, it's there because there is a profound lesson to learn from it. And every single letter and every single word, every single nuance, every single vowel is there because there is a nuance to it and there is something huge to learn from. So today I'm going to ask the question, why do we have to know that he saddled his donkey? By Yahavosh et Hamaro. Yes, we can accept what I said last week, that he want, this just goes to show... Um, this goes to show what it is that uh, Abraham did in terms of his dedication. But the bottom line is, as could just said, Abraham was dedicated and did everything that God has 
has uh, told him. Why is it now that we have to say that he settled a donkey? What if, what if it is that he settled a horse? What if he had a horse and wagon? What happens if he just got into a, a Toyota Corolla? Who really cares? Right. So let's get into that discussion and let's really understand the idea about donkeys. The first thing is, and a clue to us actually understanding this entire story, is to know that, in fact, saddling a donkey and riding a donkey um, actually comes up four times in Torah. Four times we are talked, we, we, we speak about a donkey. What are the four times? Well, the first time is right now in the book of Genesis, in chapter 22, verse 3, where we get the the words that say the Yahavosh et Chamoro that he said that he settled up um, his donkey, um, and obviously on his donkey, what did he settle it up with? We know that he put put the wood, the knife, and everything that was um, needed for needed for for the sacrifice. That's what the donkey had. Um, and carried, and that's why it was there. The next time that we get an inference about a donkey is in the book of Exodus. Okay, it's in the book of Shmot. It's in chapter four, verse twenty. Suddenly, there is another donkey. Vayikach Moshe et ishto ve'et banav. Moses and took his wife and his sons. The Yarkvem al Hachamor. He puts them on a donkey, the Yashiv Artsat Mitzrayim, and he goes to the land of Egypt. He takes the staff of God in his hand. Context, context for this is that this is after the incidents of the burning bush where God comes to Moshe. Remember, Moshe ran away from Egypt when he killed one of the Egyptian taskmasters and found out that his life was in danger. He went to settle in the land of Midian. He was a shepherd for his father-in-law Yitro, and he lived there. What he think wanted to believe was happily ever after. Until one day he encounters the, um, encounters the burning bush, and God says to him, "You need to go back to Egypt now, and you need to set my people free. Go back and tell, uh, go back and tell." Uh, Pharaoh to let the Jews go, and the end of that verse is is that he puts his wife and his sons on a donkey, and he returns back to Egypt, and he takes the staff of God with him. That's the second time a donkey is uh, is spoken about. Then, the third time is a little bit later in the parsha of Balak. Okay, in chapter 22, we land up hearing about the infamous and evil-minded prophet by the name of Bilam. Bilam was a prophet who could do a whole lot of black magic, and he was employed by the king of Moab, um, who said to him, "Listen, we can't. Doesn't seem that we can." Uh, Beat the Jews and destroy them through uh, through war. 
let's rather go out and curse them. And if we get to curse them, um, then maybe that's how they will be destroyed. So, Balak employs Bilam, Balak king of Moab employs Bilam the prophet and says, off you go, I will pay you handsomely if you can manage to curse the Jews and let that be the end of them. So what do we have? Vayakim Bilam Baboiker. Bilam got up in the morning, Vayachavosh et Atonoi, and he saddles his donkey and he goes on um, his merry way. What we do know from that story is that this donkey was no ordinary donkey. It was quite an obstinate and um, uh, uh, uncompliable donkey. And the donkey actually tries not to take Bilam to where he has to be, and that is to go and curse the Jewish people. In fact, miracle of miracles, not only is the donkey obstinate and stops um, on the way, but um, the donkey even gets to talk. So this is the third time we have the discussion about a donkey. And of course, finally, the fourth time is not in the Torah, but it's sitting in a Midrash that um, when Mashiach comes, he will be riding upon a donkey. So again, four donkeys, Abraham and his donkey, Moshe and his donkey, Bilam and his donkey, Mashiach and his donkey. We're going to go for a bit of a break, and when we get back, we're going to go and see why the Torah is so obsessed with donkeys. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Okay, welcome back, and uh, if you heard in my introduction, we are going to obsess about donkeys today. Um, why does the Torah go on about a donkey? Really, it seems very superfluous to, honestly, all three stories, um, even four stories, like who cares what Abraham, who, what carried his wood and his knives? Who cared how Moshe came back to Egypt? Who cared what mode of transportation um, Bilam took? And really, in truth, who cares how Mashiach is going to come? Honestly, just rock up. If you rock, rock up in a Toyota Corolla, a BMW, a donkey, or on the eagles of a, um, wings of an eagle. I don't care. Just, just arrive. Arrive. It really, your mode of transportation shouldn't be something that I need to worry about, obsess about, think about, etc., etc. But obviously, if the Torah is going on about this, we need to really understand why they keep on inserting the idea that all four of these people, Abraham, Moshe, Bilam, and Mashiach, are coming on a donkey. And so, in order to understand it, we kind of need to zoom out, and we need to take a, a bigger view to actually understand what this donkey is, who these donkeys are, okay? And very, very interestingly, the nature of the donkey, because, you know, um, it's a known fact, not only from a Torah perspective, but just from a normal human perspective, that a donkey is quite a derogative word. If you call somebody a donkey, you're calling him lazy, you're calling him stubborn, you're calling him probably downright stupid, okay? And... Um, that's not really a very, very nice 
description when it comes to the fact that that's what Abraham, Moshe, Bilam, and of course Mashiach um, will use. So really, what is it? Where is it? How do we actually understand um, the fact that these four people are using the donkey? Just by the way, um, Rashi um, spe- Rashi says on the fact that Abraham saddled the binding of Yitzhak that this is the donkey that King Mashiach is destined to appear. As it says in Zechariah, he will be a poor man riding a donkey. So let's let's understand this entire idea about a donkey. The first is, is actually in truth, where did the donkey first first appear, even though he doesn't really appear, but mention is being made of a donkey? Well, it's made in Pirkei Avot, in the Ethics of Our Fathers. And for anybody who's been learning that now, we, we learn it between um, Pesach and Shavuot, and many have a custom again to learn it again. Um, now in, in the seven weeks that, 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 that continue after Shavuot, it says in chapter 5, verse 6 of Pirkei Avot, Asarot Zavarim Nivra'u Be'erev Shabbat Be'en Hashmashot, that there were ten things that were created, Erev Shabbat, on the eve of Shabbat, Be'en Hashmashot, so to speak, on, on the, on the eve of Shabbat. Again, not for this discussion. You can go back in my podcast, back to Genesis. Um, I do discuss it there in full. But there is a time of day, every single day, where there is not really a full-on clarity of whether it is today or tomorrow. Now, as everybody knows in Judaism, our days start at night. And why do we do that? Because it says, Vayihi Ere, Vayihi Boker. And it was evening and it was day the first day. And it was evening and it was day the second day. So Judaism runs their holidays and their lives by the beginning of the night. Hence, when we start keeping Shabbat, we don't keep Shabbat from Saturday morning until like uh, whatever, Saturday 12 o'clock at night until uh, Sunday night or Saturday morning when the sun rises up until the sun goes down, we always keep from the night before because for for us, um, we, we our, our day starts from the night. So, on the first day of um, the first Erev Shabbat of creation, on the eve of Shabbat, when Friday had just finished, but, Saturday, but the, the day of Shabbat had not come in, in a twilight zone, and that's really the, the, the time of where we say the sun set, i.e. it's not completely dark, meaning we can't say goodbye to Friday, um, and it hasn't gone, tipped over, there's still some light, um, and it's not yet uh, Shabbat in and of itself. In that period of time, ten miraculous things were created. And one of them, we are told, is Pi Ha'aton, the mouth of Bilam's donkey. The mouth of Bilam's donkey. So, we're told then, if we start looking further about the four donkeys, that the donkeys actually, this donkey that we talk about with Bilam, was a very interesting donkey insofar as that it was a female donkey. If you look into the the Hebrew words describing the donkey, 
the donkey of Abraham, the donkey of Moshe, the donkey of Mashiach, are all called a chamor, which is the male, the male species of a donkey. When we are looking at the donkey of Bilam, we are taught, we are taught that the Yahavosh et Atono, his female donkey. So our rabbis come to teach us that in fact, this female donkey that Bilam used gave birth to the other donkey that we are talking about. That this donkey from Bilam is actually the mother that was created at the beginning of time and only appears by Bilam, but it was the mother of the donkey of, of, of Abraham, the male donkey. And furthermore, we are told that, and this is from, uh, from the Midrash called Talkiot, okay, it said, how, how, is there a connection between the donkeys? So we are told that, yes, this donkey that was created at twilight had a donkey, a male donkey. That's the donkey that Abraham had. Abraham had entrusted it to Yitzchak. Yitzchak gave it to Jacob, to Jacob. Jacob gave it to Levi in order for Levi to make his rounds around the granaries and carry the tithes. That is Jacob's son. Levi, Levi, Levi gave it to his son, Kohot, and Kohot, his son, gave it to Amram. Amram was the father of Moshe, and so he gave Moshe the donkey. So it seems that this donkey that we're talking about was birthed at Bain Hashmashot and appeared um, by Avraham in the year 2048. So it looks like it was a 2,048-year-old donkey, and then it survived another 400 years um, to get to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe took the donkey and he, when he fled Paro, and this is the donkey that he rode when he comes back to Paro. So we've got like a, a pretty old donkey, okay? We're looking now around about 2,447 when he appears, he comes back to uh, Paroi on this donkey. And then we're told the Midrash finishes up and says, after Moshe's passing, where did the donkey, where, what happened to the donkey? Did it remain? So the answer is, is that when Moshe ascends Har Nevoah to die, the donkey ascends with him and remains on the mountain and pastures there until Mashiach will arrive. And then it seemingly seems to be that we will be getting a 5,708-year-old donkey um, that Mashiach will be riding. So as you can see from this discussion, we're really, there's got to be something much more to the donkey based on the Midrash, based on the fact that this was created, um, created uh, at, at, at the beginning of time and that this female donkey gave birth to a male donkey that hangs around the three people in our story, and only the female donkey is a donkey that speaks with Bilam. So what what is going on here, and how is it that we can actually understand? Furthermore, just to aggravate the situation, there is a discussion in the Gomorrah of Sanhedrin that goes and says 
that um, Mashiach, the Messiah, can come in two ways. Either he can come be um, ito in its time, or if we are meritorious, it will come achishena. It will come quicker than its time. And we are told that if Mashiach comes achishena, if he comes before his time, he will come on the clouds of heaven. But if he come, if it's the ito, he will come riding upon a donkey, which kind of like just makes the question even bigger. So now we have two modes of transportation for Mashiach. Either we are meritorious and you'll come before his time on the clouds of, of, of glory or clouds of heaven. If not, he'll be coming, if he has to come, ready or not, if the world's ready or not, he'll be coming on a donkey. And there's another interesting idea that uh, it says in Brachot that if one sees a donkey in a dream, he can hope for salvation. Um, and that's they, they quote again the verse, Behold, your king will come. He is triumphant and victorious, lowly and riding upon a donkey. We have a tremendous amount of um, references then, it seems, to a donkey. Um, and again, we also have in Bereshit where we have... Uh, uh, Yaakov talking uh, to Asaph, he says, Vayihili shor vechamor, I have many oxen and donkeys. And the rabbis go and say that what he was saying is that the ox is an allusion to the Kayan Godel who's anointed for battle. Okay, and the donkey refers to King Mashiach because it says he'll be poor and riding upon a donkey. So what is this entire story? And aggravated now is the first question where it says that people are called donkeys when they are called foolish, when they are called stubborn, when they are downright uh, stupid in things. Why is it that we've got this donkey? And how is it connected all together to, uh, to Abraham putting on to his donkey wood and the knife that was needed for the sacrifice of Isaac. So in order to actually understand this, we need to understand another verse that talks about uh, a donkey. And this verse actually gives us an, uh, an enlightening understanding of why we are so obsessed with the donkeys, how they were ridden, who's a male donkey, who's a female donkey, etc. And that is to do with a verse um, later on in the Torah that speaks about cruelty to animals. It talks about the fact, and um, it talks about cruelty to animals, and it talks about loving your 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 enemy. And it's a verse in the Torah that says, Kitire Hamor, if you see a donkey the of Sonecha, of your enemy, Roibet Tachat Msa'oi, and this donkey is lying under its burden, meaning that the, your enemy has gone and piled it with way too much on, on its back, its burden. What do you have to do? Vivechadalta, uh, Me'azovlo, and you will refrain 
from helping it, you would look at it and go, listen, this has got nothing to do with me. This has got to be with my enemy. I don't want anything to do with it. The Torah commands, no. On the contrary, you need to help him. Okay, you need to go aid it. As of Tazavivo, you've got to go, you've got to actually go and help the donkey. Now, again, practically, the Torah was the first SPCA um, in history, and we are as sensitive to human beings as we are sensitive to animals. And if you if you go and see what is happening um, uh, here, the Torah is just talking about the fact that you should never allow an animal to struggle. But we are going to look at this on a much, much deeper level and understand something that is taught in Hasidic and Kabbalistic thought, and that is a commentary of the Baal Shem Tov, in his book Ketar Shem Tov, that looks at this donkey and says, yes, there is the practical application to looking after a donkey, but a donkey in Torah has, is, is metaphorical for something much, much more. What is he saying? So again, if we look at that verse about the donkey, it says, when you see a donkey. Now, chamor comes from the word chomer, which is physicality, which is materiality. And the way the idea is built is that it is built on the idea that a chamor represents the materialism of this world. So the Baal Shem Tov says the following. When you see a donkey, meaning when you are looking and carefully examining the materiality of your body, what will you see? Kisonecha, that it is your enemy, meaning that when a human being looks at who they are and they're trying to strive to be a spiritual, moral, um, ethereal human being, you're going to go and see that your body is your enemy. Why? Because your body is the vehicle that wants immediate, instant gratification, satisfaction in the material way. And it has, as we're taught in Tanya, a Yetzirah. It has a, a, an inclination to fulfill its bodily needs. Meaning that we, we want to be good human beings. We want to serve God. But our body saying, hey, don't, don't, don't go dove now. Don't say the Tehillim. Don't go do out the mitzvah. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I want better shoes. I want a better car. I'm not comfortable in the place you're telling me. And so what we do on a daily basis is we have a war between our materiality and our, our, our spirituality. And for many, in many, many religions, the way that one reconciles this dichotomous pull between the two is to try and negate physicality, materiality, and the more you negate that, the more spiritual you become. We'll continue this idea just after the break. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, welcome back, and we're um, haggling about the donkey. So just before the break, we spoke about the fact that a donkey in Judaism represents materiality. And really the way that, that, that many religions have reconciled this pull to materiality, if they see it as, a, um, as a, a, an objection to spirituality, and if we can become celibate, if we can remove ourselves, if we can lock ourselves up and negate our body, um, 
not not feed it the food that it needs, not have the desires, feed it the desires that it has, we then can touch God. Well, Eureka, Judaism does not look at it that way. On the contrary, says the Baal Shem Tov, it's actually the vice versa. When you see your donkey, when you look at your materialism, you'd think that it is sonecha, that it is your enemy, that you are lying under its burden, which means the body is lazy. It cannot and will not allow you to fulfill Torah and mitzvahs. And you will think that you will have the chadat me'az of law. You think, you know, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't help it. I can't help fulfill my mission. Um, either I have to follow the path of mortification of the flesh to try and break down the, the crassness and materiality, or I have to negate it and, and try to work out that it's um, nowhere there. Torah says no. You have to rather aid it. You have to try to purify the body. In understanding this explanation of the Baal Shem Tov, we can now go back and look at the four people who are using a donkey in history and to understand the evolution of materiality um, in the world. So firstly, Abraham was the first guy that used a donkey, okay? And we see that what Abraham did was that he only used it for the wood and the knife of the Akeda, which in Kabbalistic explanation is understood as follows. Abraham, Abraham was the first Jew. He was the first person to recognize that there was a God and to understand that God was hidden in the veneer of materialism, of materiality, that God couldn't be seen just op- as, you know, with open eyes, but that you had to go out and search for him. So Abraham started the work of refining that materiality and of finding God in the materiality. But he couldn't go too much further other than to take the things around him, his wood, his knife, and change that part of his materiality, meaning that he subjugated the materiality in service of God. But was it part of him? It wasn't part of him. And was it everlasting? It wasn't everlasting. But what he started was the process of subjugating the materiality to serve God. That is why, very importantly, where we stop now in the juncture of the story of the Akeda was that um, he, when he goes to serve God on the mountain with Yitzchak, he leaves the donkey behind, okay, because he cannot see any other way of using the materiality in service of God. That's the first idea. Then we move on to the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was now coming, Moses was coming to redeem the Jews, and the ultimate goal of the redemption of the Jews was the fact that he would bring them straight away to seven weeks later, to, not seven, yes, seven weeks later, to Har Sinai, to Mount Sinai, where they would receive the Torah. Here we see that Moses didn't carry things on his donkey. He carried 
people on his donkey. He put his wife and his children on the donkey. So here we see that in the process between Abraham and Moses, there was a greater uh, uh, subjugation of materiality in this world. And Moses understood that even those things that belonged to him personally or were extensions of him personally can be used in the service of God. We know that a child is considered an extension of the father, that it says a wife and a husband, cabalistically, the wife is the body and the man is the, the spirit. So like the woman is the body of the husband, if, if you put them together, um, and as the son is, so to speak, the extension of the son, what we are learning here is that now Moses was going to Egypt to bring the children of Israel to the next level of service in terms of the materiality that you can use even extensions of yourself in service of God from a material point of view. Meaning don't negate your material um, and your physical makeup. Use it in service of God. And in fact, we are taught fundamentally that by Matan Torah, by the giving of the Torah, that is the major change that happened. Until the giving of the Torah, one could do a mitzvah in this world. One could try and effect change to the materiality of this world, but it couldn't be everlasting. Once Torah was given, and we had the, now the handbook on how to change the materiality of this world, we could now change materiality and make an indelible and everlasting mark on this world. And that really is, you can see from the time of Abraham to Moshe, it changing from carrying wood and knives, things in their lives, to exchange, to carrying extensions of their lives. And then if we just carry it further, all the way until the arrival of Mashiach, we see that Mashiach himself will be riding on the donkey, which means what is the Messiah? What, what is the, the end deal and the arrival of Mashiach? That we will have taken the actual materiality of our existence, of the physicality of our distance, of our existence, and we will have changed it in service of God. We're very, very, very close to that time now where we can use everything that is physical in service of God. Everything that was created we see as a vehicle for God's manifestation. And slowly the world is becoming united um, in understanding that concept. And that's why we told if Mashiach comes um, on time, meaning at the end of time, when it has to, when he has to come, he'll be coming riding on the donkey. He'll be riding on top of the idea that this material world is not separate to the spiritual world, but is in fact the highest manifestation of godliness that we can have in this world. And that is a fundamental, fundamental change from the time that Abraham carried his things to Moshe carrying his wife and those that were extensions through Matan Torah to where we are now. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back. And uh, time is working against us. So now that we understand that a donkey in Torah is not something that is physical, but rather talking about materiality and the 
um, relationship we have to have with it. Let's just quickly talk about Bilam because I'm sure that that is sticking out. What was the difference between the she donkey of Bilam and the he donkey that Abraham, Moshe and Mashiach um, will, will be riding in the future? So we're told that what happened with Abraham is that Abraham transcended the level of materiality that he was associated with, okay? And he was able to leave that donkey behind at that point in time um, when he went to go and sacrifice with Yitzchak. Bilam, on the other hand, who had the same stature as Abraham in that he was a head of nations, he was a prophet to the nations just as, as Abraham was, was very, very connected to his materiality. And that's why the Torah uses a she-donkey, because a she-donkey infers marriage, infers relationship, infers a, like a commitment between them. And that is why his donkey becomes very ostreperous, because when Bilam is trying to go curse the Jewish people, the donkey starts talking and actually says, what are you doing? Why are you hitting me? Can you see what you're doing is wrong? Which Again, metaphorically, is materialism going and saying to Bilam, you cannot hit, negate, smack, push down materiality. What are you doing? I am part of the process. Materiality is part of the process of, um, ray, of, 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 of raising the consciousness of godliness in this world. It is part of the vehicle that needs to be raised. And so don't hit me, you know, rather work with me. And really at the end we know that what happens there is in fact um, Bilam lands up giving blessings to the Jews, not curses. So here we see a fascinating discussion and something that bears very much in our daily lives. We need to know as Jews that we are people who use the physical world in service of God. We do not negate it. We rather use it as the vehicle to which to 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 um, show uh, God um, in this world, show godliness in this world, and this is where we are right now in that very soon Mashiach is going to come and we're going to see that everything that is physical in this world is in fact and can be used in, uh, in service of God. With that, I wish you a wonderful week.